The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What the hell is a controller anyway? It's Armstrong and Getty Extra Large. Because four hours simply isn't enough. This is Armstrong and Getty Extra Large. When we found out a friend of ours is running for state controller in California, I thought, well, yeah, he'd be great at that, whatever that is. Um, is comptroller different than controller? Does some no, I believe it's the same thing, roughly. But perhaps Lon He Chen knows. You, you know him from the Armstrong and Getty Show. Lon He Chen, David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, director of domestic policy studies at Stanford University, frequent guest on cable TV, and now the officially announced candidate for controller in the state of California. Hello, Lon He. How are you? It is great to be with you, gentlemen. Thank you. Can you answer the initial question of is comptroller and controller the same thing? And what is one of them? Yeah. So in California, we call it a controller. In New York City, they call it a comptroller. Uh, In different states, they call it different things. I, I think the concept is basically the same, which is you need to have somebody who watches over the money that a state or local entity is spending. Uh, it's very similar to in a corporate context that the controller is responsible for essentially auditing outbound spending, is responsible for accounting for that. Um, we can get into this a little bit more. The California state controller's uh, powers and responsibilities are actually even broader than that. But at base, this job is about accountability. It's about independence. It's about prudence. And those are all things that I think I can bring to this job, and that's why I'm really excited to take this step in, in, my, uh, in my journey. Uh, can I ask you an unrelated question just briefly? Do we get to talk to you anymore about the issues of the day, or do you have to kind of keep your nose clean since you're running for office? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it, it, it certainly in issues relating to California, you know, I'm, I, I'd love to, to talk about those kinds of things and figure out, uh, you know, how I can weigh in. But I- I'm going to be pretty focused on this race and pretty focused on commenting on uh, issues that uh, that have pertinence to this race in this office. So, yeah, fair enough. So would the controller be the one that says to the state, hey, spending all this money on the bullet train is a bad idea? Or like like what, what issues might uh, regular voters in California be aware the controller is sticking their nose into? 
Yeah. So, so to back up for a second, we have a really interesting structure for accountability in California. We have someone called the California State Auditor, who is not actually the controller. The auditor can investigate items at the request of the legislature. So, for example, you know, many of, uh, of your listeners will have uh, heard about this unemployment insurance fiasco we have in California, where yeah. essentially fraudulent checks went out. The, biggest fraud, of, biggest fraud in California state history. Thirty billion dollars with a B. Thirty billion dollars. Yeah. So, you know, the auditor's done some great reporting on, you know, here's what went wrong. Here's why it went wrong. So you may ask, well, if you've got an auditor, what do you need the controller for? The answer is the controller has independent authority to audit any state or local agency if they're spending state money for any reason at all at any time. So the controller doesn't need someone else's permission to go in and look at a program like unemployment insurance, like the high-speed rail authority, like the state Medi-Cal system, like in-home supportive services, basically any system uh, that you can think of, any state system, or even localities. In fact, the controller has to conduct regular audits of school districts and how school districts are spending their money. So the, the, the great thing about the controller's office, the thing that excites me is the ability to go in and essentially uh, shed light on all sorts of different things that are going on in our state. And, and the controller can certainly say, listen, here's what's happening. Here are some recommendations on how we can fix it. Here's a timeline that we should use to hold people accountable. But fundamentally, it's then up to the legislature and the governor to make those changes. The, the controller is not a policymaker in the same way that the governor or legislators are. But the controller can sure be, you know, kind of a pain in everyone's rear end, basically saying, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? You know, why are we spending so much money on this? Why are we spending so much money on that? I see it as the ultimate source of information for the people of the state of California. Well, it strikes me that that position could be an unbelievable watchdog for the people. I mean, really being a, a hawk or, well, I guess it being a dog one moment, a hawk the next. I don't know. But it, you could be a real <laughs> hero for the taxpayers because we all know, particularly in uh, Corruptifornia, there's an enormous amount of money <laughs> thrown around and nobody knows where it's going. Well, I mean, let's talk about the homelessness crisis as an example of that, right? I mean, we're spending tens of billions of dollars a year trying to address this problem at the state level, at local levels, L.A., San Francisco. I, I think the problem is getting worse. I don't think it's getting better. I think the pandemic accentuated a lot of challenges that we have on that account. It'd be very nice to hear how much we're paying for the tents that are going up in some of these yeah, cities. Gotta, It'd be very nice to hear you know, how, how much we're spending on mental health services, if anything at all. So part of this is about helping people understand priorities and helping people understand where their money is going. Yeah, I got the perfect good example out of the news of the day in that uh, yesterday, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, announced, I think it was $1.1 billion to clean up our roadways, graffiti, trash, all that sort of stuff. He said, the state is dirty. I'm glad he finally noticed because the state is very dirty. But <laughs> but but when I read that on the air, I said, um I love the idea of cleaning up all this garbage, but I have no belief that that $1.1 billion at the end of it being spent will actually have cleaned up the roads. And so if like someone like you were the controller, you could make sure that that's spent properly. Well, right. And, and we could we could demonstrate with an audit exactly where that $1.1 billion went. And, and then what we can do is we can do something called performance-based budgeting. We can say, based on what you're spending – 
here is the outcome you've gotten. We can almost we can give it a letter grade. We can say, look, you spent $1.1 billion picking up the trash, and that got a D minus. Maybe in the future, let's figure out either a smarter way to spend that $1.1 billion, or maybe we don't spend that at all. We spend it on something else, and we'll actually get the trash picked up, right? So part You're of calling is, for accountability in government spending? What kind of radical are you? Yeah, well, Hard, that— it, it, This, this, this is going to be in trouble with—this uh, yeah, is a very extreme position I'm taking. I realize that. Yeah, well, that gets us to the, really the next question, I think, the big obvious question. There are virtually no elected Republicans in the state of California anywhere— how do you think you're going to get people to vote for you as controller? Well, you know, the, the challenge is significant. So a Republican hasn't been elected statewide in California since 2006. There hasn't been a Republican in the controller's office since the 1970s. So it's been, a, it's been quite a long time. Um, here's, here's, I think, the way I approach this. When I talk to Californians about the things I'd like to do as controller – uh, some of the stuff we've talked about, accountability, transparency, figuring out how to be an independent voice on all sorts of different issues. Uh, I, I get a lot of agreement from Democrats, from Republicans, from independents. And if I'm going to win this race, it's going to have to be with the support of people across the political spectrum. And, you know, my approach is not particularly ideological. That may be disappointing to some. It's not particularly partisan. It is uh, essentially technocratic. It's someone who wants to right. come in and solve problems. And I think that vision for this office at this time, when Californians are very frustrated with what's going on, you know, whether you agree with the recall or not of, of Governor Gavin Newsom, surely everyone agrees that California can be doing better. And the point I'm trying to make is, you know, I grew up in California. I live in California now. I do love this state, but I think we can do better. And that's a message that people say, yeah, you know what? I agree with that. I, I you know, uh, partisan Democrats, people who are independents. We're going to have to get support across the political spectrum. And that's why, you know, this may be disappointing to some, but I intend to approach these issues and talk about these issues and be laser focused on what I can do as controller to help make them better. Is comptroller an actual word or was that just a misprint? Nobody had the guts to (laughs) correct it. (laughs) So So, uh, that that sounds great. What you just said sounds fantastic. I mean, and. You know, we unfortunately are a lot of preaching to the choir, people that would already agree with you you being the controller. I wish we could reach more ears of Democrats, because I think a lot of Democrats, if they heard that, OK, he's not going to be he's not to, trying to, you know, be Trump or anything like that. He's just trying to make sure the money's not misspent. I think you can get a lot of people to vote for you. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what uh, various other entities try to pin on you. But, you know, and we're not going to tell you how to do your job because you're way smarter than us and substantially better looking. But, you know, I think we have decent. Oh, I don't in- know about that. We have uh, decent <laughs> instincts, at least. Um, and, and one way I've tried to pitch, you know, I, uh, fiscal conservatism or fiscal responsibilitarianism. That's a better to- word because conservative comes loaded with a bunch of stuff. Right. People start right. thinking about abortion or whatever. No. Yeah. Responsibility is a good word. But as I've said to my friends on the left, if your cause is mental health care, let's make sure every dime that's being wasted in government be found, rooted out and poured into mental health care. If you're concerned about the homeless, let's make sure the dollars we spend actually help the homeless. If you want to help pregnant, illegal, alien mothers, trans mothers, 
<laughs> there's plenty of money. Let's root out the waste and redundancy, and we can find money to do what you think is it needs to be done. I, I think a message like that, Lon, he might actually really catch Democrats' ears. Yeah, you know, I, I, you guys raised some really good points, which is that there's all sorts of political caricaturing going on. And one of the things that I know opponents are going to come after me with is, they're going to say, oh, he wants to cut spending on all these important priorities. You know, here's my point. Let's spend smarter. Let's spend smarter. As you say, we've got some big problems. And I think people agree we've got to spend our tax dollars wisely to address these problems. Mental health care is something maybe we should be investing more in. Maybe we should be doing more there. But, gosh, let's figure out how we're spending it now and if it's effective. If it's effective. Let's go and, and double down on things that are effective. Let's go and potentially spend more on things that are effective. But that also means, at the same time, we have to be willing to make tough choices about things that aren't working. Even things that sound good, that sound like they should produce good results, if we're not spending smarter, if we're not thinking about these problems and how to address them with a data-driven approach, we are just literally lighting the money on fire. You might as well go outside, make a big pile of money, and light it on fire because that is essentially what we are doing now in so many programs. I'm it, I'm seeing a TV ad with Lon Hee Chen and a big pile of money being lit on fire. That's what we're doing every day, folks. How about a big bear? Maybe I'll go. Exactly. <laughs> oh boy. No, but but I but I you know I mean I I just I really it, it pains me to see what we're doing now in our state. It is it's just dumb. We're better than this. We can do better than this. You know we can't just keep throwing money out the window at problems that aren't getting better. If the problems were getting better, then we'd say, yeah, go spend the money, go make the problem better. But that's not what's happening now. So this to me is just, it's just a very basic thing, guys. It's like blocking and tackling in football, the basics, right? In baseball, you want to get down low and field the baseball. This is just stuff we are not doing. And it's so frustrating to me. And that's why I, I decided to get into this race because it's like, at some point, you just got to go do it, right? And I can talk about fixing these problems, and I can write about them. But if you really want to make them better, you just got to be willing to get in the arena. Well, that's beautifully said. And if you do win the office of controller of the state of California, can you get me on one of those phony boards? Because <laughs> that seems like a great gig. You meet a few times a year. Right. Get a big check. Usually at a golf course. Um, you would be amazed at how many of these boards and commissions there are. And, 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 and some of them, I read them. I read the title like four or five times. I'm still not sure what they do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't care. Like, Just I, get I, me on one. <laughs> I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of times you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know, one thing I think I, that you've got on your side here running as a Republican is I've been pretty surprised at how the completely blue-run legislature has spanked Gavin Newsom a couple of times, at least verbally. I mean, the Sacramento Bee has been covering this quite a bit. One, over the whole masks thing. They were really mad at the way he handled that spending a billion dollars without a bid and the masks were not good and all that sort of stuff. And then recently, he seems pretty clearly lied about how many acres uh, of uh, fire control were taken care of, and then the Democrat-led legislature spanked him on that again, calling him out for it. So they might be actually looking for somebody that's going to, you know, speak the truth. Yeah, I, you know, I think there's – this is frustration. Again, I think people, they just don't want to be told problems are being solved when they're not actually being solved. And it's like, who are you going to believe? Like, this guy's words or your own lying eyes, right? It's kind of like, as you look at the homelessness problem – as you look at how we have had increasingly severe wildfires, how we are in drought but can't seem to, to have the storage to ensure that we've got proper water supply, people look at all these challenges and they say, listen, something is not right. Something is, is, is not done as it's supposed to be done. And, you know, people understand. They send a check to the Franchise Tax Board for their income Oof. taxes. They pay property taxes. I mean, they, people get it, right? They sort of understand intuitively, I'm spending all this money. What the heck am I getting for? Well, you know, and, you, and, uh, you keep yeah. mentioning the homeless situation, and that's probably a good thing to do because that might be the number one. Because that's the one Bill Maher, you know, Bill Maher, lefty, one of the leading liberals in the country, certainly in California. He keeps talking about the wh where's all this money going? Why does it cost $100,000 for a tent for one person to be in there? He might have you on his show to talk about this sort of thing. He, he'd be the kind of guy that would agree. This is ridiculous. All the money we spend on homelessness uh, I, and we're getting no bang for our buck. 
Yeah, I, I've actually done his show in the past. It's it's very entertaining, but it does tell you where people's heads are at, which is and, and by the way, folks on the left approach it from the perspective of, you know, we're not helping people, we're you know, we need to be helping people more. And you know, that's a policy debate we need to have, but we're not having it with facts right now. This is something that bothers me about our politics generally, guys, and we've talked about this a lot. It's like we hear all these arguments, and nothing really seems to be grounded in any kind of reality of what's actually going on. My point is, if you want to have a debate about the best way to solve homelessness, I am all for us having that debate. But let's have some facts on the table. You know, let's just say, look, here's what we're spending it on. Here are the 43 programs or the 43 things, and I'm, I'm making that number up. I'd have to go in and see what the exact number is. But some number of programs that we're, that we're working on to address this problem. How's that actually working for you? How's that working for us? And then we can have it. Then we can have a discussion. And if the one party led legislature decides they want to keep doubling down on things that aren't working, then at least the public will know. The public will know exactly they chose to spend another four billion dollars of, of your tax dollars on a program that controller graded a D minus. Hmm. How does that work? Well- Uh, Well, I think if those words and thoughts reach the ears of voters, you will do very, very well. But that's the great challenge, especially in a uh, so-called down ticket race is just getting any attention whatsoever. Uh, You know, we we wish you well in that endeavor. I have despaired uh, for the electorate of California. I just don't think people are paying attention or digging into facts. All they know is, for instance, they hated Donald Trump. Therefore, they vote for D's. And and, and it's as simple as that. But I hope I'm wrong. Well, that's something I'm encouraging voters. You know, I, I think there is a tendency as I've as this campaign has started and I've done a number of interviews about it. You know, people want to put you into a box. The, the 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 media and others, they want to put you into a box. Right. Are you a never Trumper? Are you a, 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 a MAGA type? Are you, uh, you know, conservative Republican? Are you progressive liberal? And, and you know what I say to people is. I don't I don't want to be defined by someone else. I don't want to be defined by some you know, ideology. I'm going to be defined by my ideas and by the things I want to do. And if you find that answer insufficient, I'm, I'm sorry. But this campaign is about ideas and it's about ideas for the future of California. And if you want to have a debate about my ideas, I will sit here and debate you all day long. We can have a day long conversation about it. I will answer every question you have about my ideas. But fundamentally, the problem we have in our politics is there's too many people chasing shiny objects. The media is partially responsible for this. The, the explosion in social media and how we get our news is part of this as well. But, but fundamentally, my goal is let's have a conversation about what I can do as controller to make California better. If you disagree with some of those ideas, totally fine. I, I'm happy to have that conversation. But uh, it, it is going to be hard to reach everybody, which is why it's important that I talk to folks like you guys that have audiences and influence and i do this all up and down the state and that's why i intend to do i'm putting a bumper sticker on my car put an asian in charge of math vote lon he chen come controller i don't appreciate the stereotype mm. uh lon he i'm thinking california board of barbering and cosmetology would be a good place <laughs> there for you me. go I've, I've gotten haircuts go. my whole life <laughs> your whole life your whole life oh yeah right. oh yeah but here's the thing your your that that expertise may actually be more relevant than the expertise of some of the people that end up on these boards. I mean, it's it's uh, anyway, we can we can talk about board oh, yeah. commissions another time. But there's there's a there's over 70 of them. The controller yeah. sits on, believe it or not, the controller wow. sits on the California Coastal Commission in even numbered years. 
I know that's that a weird makes fact, sense. but yeah. it, it, it's, it's like, it's like what happens in the odd numbered years? It's like in the odd numbered years, there's no decisions that need to be made when the controller's involved, but in the even numbered years, they've got to be there. It's like, who, who came up with this idiot? Our friends, John and Ken uh, in Los Angeles, you'll probably be on their show too, but they, they've been doing this for years, looking at the boards and how often they meet and what they get paid and everything. I mean, it's oh, just, yeah. it's, it's astonishing. Well, Lonnie, good luck. Go get them, huh? Hey, thanks guys. I appreciate the, uh, the time on the show and the, the opportunity to talk about the campaign and these issues. So thank you very much. You betcha. Thank you. you got it. I'll tell you what. Um, we have had a lot of people on running for a lot of different offices. I don't think I've ever wanted somebody to win and believed in them more than this one. I think he could save to a large extent, the state of California. And I honestly think the, the, the challenge is going to be what you said, getting, getting his thoughts and face and name in front of enough people, enough Democrats. But I honestly think if you could get the attention of every voter in California, have them listen to Lonnie from, they'd say, yeah, I, I don't care if there's an R next to his name. We need mm-hmm. somebody who's just going to look at this stuff and figuring out, okay, if we if we approve eighteen quintillion dollars to fight homelessness in Los Angeles, where's the damn money go? Because I'm paying for it, and two years later, there are more homeless people. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, the forces that benefit enormously rake in cash from irresponsible irresponsible spending aren't going to fight against them tooth and nail. They benefit from bad government, and they know it. So I didn't want to do this with him on the line. What if you first of all, I don't think it's enough of a I don't remember ever voting for controller in my life. If I ever did, I probably just checked the R box and didn't even recognize the names. Um, So, you know, it's like you said, it's not a hot ticket race anyway. I don't know how much, you know, debates you'll see or bumper stickers or billboards or anything like that. about People this. arguing in the barber shops and the grocery <laughs> stores of America. You're voting for her for controller? What? Yeah, I'm not sure that they'll rise. But if you were an opponent, what would you, uh, how would you attack him? You're a D running. You're the next in line who, the, the you know, I'm sure is the way it works. You're the next in line to get this job. To let the legislature spend money however they want and never pay attention to it. But yeah. what's your knock on Lon Heen? It's a no-brainer. He will cut spending for our for our state's children, our school children. He wants to cut spending for our nurses, for our fighter fighters. He'll cut spending from the miracle bullet train that will whisk us from here to the you know, just I, I, he's a crazy man who's gonna I know t- it, cut off this bigot and, and I know starve children. You find a stock photo, it's easy, of him and Mitt Romney together smiling. He worked to get Mitt Romney elected. Remember Mitt Romney with the cash coming out of his pockets and that oh, whole thing? Boy. Oh, yeah. It'll be stupid because you can't, you can't attack him on the issues. No, it's got to be stupid. So. Right. <sighs> yeah. You would Politics think, is stupid. You would think, as much as we pay in taxes, that you would pay attention to where it goes and when you pay the property taxes that i'm paying you're paying everybody's paying and the homeless situation keeps getting worse that you would actually hold somebody accountable you would think but we don't 
It's got to be the quality of life stuff, because as I've made clear a million times, the brilliant scheme of the left in California has been to narrow the tax base as much as possible to really soak the high earners and and then leave everybody else more or less in the clear. Now, granted, there are gas taxes and fees and the rest of it, and working class people do pay, but they don't pay nearly a proportional amount in California. So counting on people to be desperate for their tax dollars to be spent wisely, that will never work in California. And that was the idea from the beginning. I'm telling you, somebody was typing it, and they hit the P with their pinky, and they didn't have the guts to tell their boss that the word is not comptroller. And that's how it got started. It I has know. to be. doesn't I make any it. sense. I agree. <laughs> Extra large. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.